0: Woodside Church Podcast. Okay, good morning everyone. hope everyone's uh, having a good day. Um, So today uh, my uncle and I are going to be talking about truth and lies. So I'm going to be talking about the topic of truth for a little bit and then my uncle's going to go on to talk about, oh sorry, (laughs) I'm going to be talking about lies (laughs) and my uncle's going to be going on to the truth. Sorry, it's a big difference there. Right, so uh, before I start actually preparing for this preach, um, I was speaking to one of our future preachers, Joshua. There's um, your little shout-out. Um, and he was telling me, whilst uh, all the other preachers had been given the option of uh, what topic they wanted to preach on, um, Hudson had specifically set aside this topic of truth and lies for me. And, uh, and at first, you know, I thought, oh, you know, I felt really special. And then I started to think about, why did he give me this topic? And there's two possible conclusions. Either he thinks I'm an expert in telling the truth... Or I'm a massive liar. <laughs> so, I'm going to be focusing on four main points in my preach today. Um, and the first point is what is a lie? So, I'm sure when most of us think of a lie, we think of an intentionally false statement. So, if your parent asks, uh, if a parent asks their child, have you brushed your teeth? And the child responds by saying yes, even though they haven't. Now, that's an intentionally false statement. But there are other types of lies that we often disregard as being lies. So another example of a, a lie would be an exaggeration of the truth. So if we say that you know, this task I did was really hard just to make ourselves look better, you know, that's also a lie. Another type, of lie uh, another type of lie you may have heard is called a white lie. Um, and the Oxford Dictionary defines a white lie as a harmless or small lie, uh, especially one that you tell to avoid hurting somebody. So have you ever been to someone's house and been asked, oh how's the, how's the food? And then you say, yes, it was really, really good. And on the car journey home, you constantly complain to your parents about, uh, you know, the food wasn't that great. That's a white lie. So, secondly, what does God think about lies? Well, God's thought about lies are quite simple. He hates them. Yes. Proverbs 6, uh, verse 16 says, there are six things that the Lord hates. And then verse 17 goes on to say that one of these is a lying tongue. <clears throat> Proverbs 12, verse 22 also talks about how much God dislikes lying, uh, where it says, the Lord detests lying lips. I'll just say that again. The Lord detests lying lips. The Lord despises lies. The Lord loathes lies. Now, rarely does God use such strong language to describe sin. Now, this could show its, 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 uh, its big significance and how, and how big of a sin it is. Thirdly, what is the effect of lying? Well, firstly, it corrupts our relationship with God. If God is truth, you know, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if God is truth, and we've been created in God's image, then we haven't been created to lie. We've been created to be truthful. So every time we lie, we are displeasing God. Now not only are we displeasing God, but we are pleasing the devil. <coughs> Satan is described in John 8, verse 44, as the father of lies. He was, in fact, the first person ever recorded in the Bible to say a lie. Now, the fact that this was the first sin ever recorded in the Bible, you know, shown in uh, Genesis 3, 4, when he says to Adam and Eve, you will certainly not die uh, when trying to convince them to eat the forbidden fruit. So the fact that this is the first sin ever recorded in the Bible, you know, it may show it's... Uh, its significance, and how easy it is to commit. My second point is that lies have a tendency to perpetuate themselves. Once one lie starts, a chain of lies tend to follow on. Now, this scenario happened to me quite a while back. Uh, So, when I was in year five, um, I signed up for the summer musical production uh, at my school, and um, about a month passed, and then my teacher, she, she caught me in the corridor, and, uh, and she, she asked me, oh, Seth, are you coming to today's practice? I said, no, sorry, miss, I'm really busy, even though I wasn't, my first lie. And then she asked, oh, you know you've missed a couple weeks of rehearsals now? And then I said, oh, sorry, miss, I've been really busy, not actually knowing that these rehearsals have been going on, my second lie. And then she asked the big question, so, Seth, what are you doing today? To which I responded by saying, ah, oh, today's actually my grandma's birthday, even though it was seven months away. (laughs) My third lie. Now this scenario shows how lies can spread so easily. Thirdly, lying has a detrimental effect on people. Not only uh, to the person being lied to, or the person speaking the lie, but also to the person being lied to. I'm sure we can all think of an example when we've been lied to, and remember how painful it was to know that we hadn't been given the truth. Now, Proverbs 15, verse 4, um, talks about this, saying, a deceitful tongue destroys the spirits. Now, this is also shown by the story of Potiphar and Joseph, where Joseph's career is almost destroyed after he's accused of, of doing things he'd never actually committed. Lastly, lying destroys our credibility. Every time we lie, we lose the trust of the people around us. If we're to be people who share the good news of God, we need to be credible people so that when we do share the good news of God, the person who's receiving that doesn't think, "Ah, he's just going on one of his lying sessions again, but rather they properly consider what we're saying. It's important to mention, though, that the truth we do tell someone needs to be said out of love for that person. So, how do we stop lying? Proverbs 10, verse 19, provides us with some really wise counsel on how we can stop lying. It says, the more talk, the less truth. I'll say it again. The more tru- the more talk, the less truth. So, why is this? Let's say I lie once every ten times I speak. So I'm lying ten percent of the times I speak. So if I'm speaking fifty times, I would have lied five times. If I lie forty if I speak forty times, I would have lied four times. I think you can get you can see where I'm going with this. The less times we speak, the more lies that come out of us. So less talking equals less lies coming out of us. So is the Bible saying that we should just be silent for the rest of our lives so that we don't have the opportunity to lie? Well, I don't really think this is what it's saying. Uh, You know, this is not very practical to be silent. But instead, the Bible teaches that we we need to be selective in what conversations we participate in. Um, James 1, verse 19 says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. If we have nothing meaningful to add to a conversation, then why open ourselves up to the to the, um, ability, to the um, opportunity to lie more? Lastly, we need to pray to God <laughs> to recognize uh, if we're lying, and then we need to make a commitment to God to... Um, to, through his Holy Spirit, help us to stop lying and not act the way we once were. So in concluding, how do we stop lying? Firstly, um, we should ask ourselves before speaking, are my words truthful? Are they necessary? Secondly, we need to pray to God to give us the ability to recognise when we're lying. And thirdly, we need to ask God to constantly work in us and change our nature so that we don't behave the way we once were. Thank you for listening. I'll now hand over to Huston.
1: Wasn't he good? It's was really good, wasn't he? Yeah. So if you didn't know already, that was, uh, that was Seth. He's my nephew. So I've got quite a uh, act to follow there. Um, we're all together as a family probably later on for some lunch or dinner. And I'm fairly sure we'll have a post-mortem of, of the way that Seth spoke and the way that I spoke. I'm sure there'll be some, oh, you move your hands a lot and, and all the rest of it. So, but hey, listen, that's, um, that's all um, positive feedback, I think they call it, don't they? Constructive feedback. I like Seth's story around how, um, how you know, when, when, he was, when he was kind of part of the play. And it reminded me of a story that I read that are to toing and froing as to whether I should add it into our preach, and just how important it is to speak truth. Um, so there's a story of these four students. Um, they, um, they were like most students, you know, didn't really enjoy studying, had to go to school as, as kind of, I have to do this, otherwise um, I'm just not going to get on in life. So there was a day when they were all to do an exam and the four of them decided, oh, let's see if we can skip the exam. Um, you know, the teacher's a bit soft, we might get away with this one. So what they did was they, um, they decided to skip the exam and decided they'd go off to the cinema, go and have a bite to eat. I'm not advocating any of this, kids. Um, so they'd, they, they decided that's what they done. just enjoy the whole morning stroke afternoon. They rocked up at school in the afternoon, and the teacher said, kids, where have you been? Why why were you not at school for the exam? They said, tried to get to school, but we had a flat tyre. So the teacher says, don't worry. Kids are thinking, got away with this, got away with this. Teacher's not going to get us, we're not in trouble. So the teacher said, I'll tell you what you're going to do. Could you take the test tomorrow morning? So, again, teachers, the kids are so happy because they're thinking, we'll go and talk to our friends and go and get the answers, um, and we'll pass this exam. So they go home that evening or that afternoon, and they're ringing up all their friends, texting them, Whatsapping them, Instagramming them. What other ones are there? Snapchatting them. Yeah? Getting all the answers to the questions, and they think, ready to sit the exam. We are going to smash this. So, teacher... Invites them into the classroom and said, look, if you all get this answer right, top of the class, grade A, you're all going off to Cambridge and Oxford University. Maybe not, but. So so they get sat in their four corners of the room, and the teacher says, right, turn over the question paper. There's only one question to answer. Which tyre was flat? (laughs) Never worked, right? Lying never works. So I've got three points to make in the next kind of 10 minutes or so uh, but I want to share them with you from the outset and I think that's primarily because you can decide which points you want to stay awake for and which points you want to go to sleep for. So there's three points. Truth lasts forever. The second one is truth gives life and the third one is truth needs to be held on to tightly. So, my first point truth lasts forever. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 19, I think it's up there. Yep, it is. It says, Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. See, the message translation says that truth lasts, and lies are here today, and they're gone tomorrow. See, in our world today, It does feel like the truth is being constantly diluted. Whether that's the world's view of family, relationships, or just how relevant the word of God and the Bible is in the 21st century. See, the Bible is clear that to speak truth is better than speaking untruths. Truth is permanent, and truth will last forever. See, Jesus, just as in the same way as the Bible and what we believe in faces opposition, truth will also face opposition. But it will always stand the test of time and win against lies. See, church history has proved this again and again and again. Countries around the world have tried to stop the word of God from from being, being spread in those countries. The enemy has never succeeded. Never will succeed and the Word of God will make its way to the four corners of the earth see Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life he also went on to say in John chapter 8 he said that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free see both are truths both of these are truths and they will never change Jesus will always be the truth and he will always be the one that will set us free. See, it's only by believing in the message of God that we can really understand the truth and enjoy that relationship that we all want to have with our Heavenly Father. My second point is that truth gives life. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 25 says... A truthful witness saves lives, but one who breathes out lies is deceitful. See, the message translation says, souls are saved by truthful witness and betrayed by the spread of lies. See, the verse here says that we are witnesses and that we are to witness through the Holy Spirit who has the power to save. See, if we believe in Jesus... We are called to witness and share the word of God. We are are called to witness and share the good news that Jesus has come to save everybody and to have life in fullness. Here's a thought. Are we a faithful witness? Am I a faithful witness? Do we represent Jesus well? Do I represent Jesus well? See, as a witness of Jesus, it's really important to set our hearts and mouths to always speak the truth. We're called to be a people of integrity through our words and actions. We can save a person from destruction by speaking truth, or we can condemn a person and destroy them by hiding the truth or not speaking truthfully to them. See, Seth talked about this already. In the book of of Genesis, chapter 39, we hear the story of Joseph and Potiphar's wife. Potiphar's wife accused Joseph of trying to rape her. It cost Joseph his job. It cost him his reputation and his liberty. But the truth eventually came through. and And Joseph went on to rule Egypt. And she was never heard of again. See, as a witness of the truth, we have a responsibility to share that truth with our friends, family, and by not doing so, we're hiding the truth from people that we care about. See, my story is that I was born in a Christian family. I attended church regularly and was part of church youth groups that would be held. See, all of these things were really important. In my journey of accepting Jesus into life into my life my parents were faithful witnesses they would tell us about Jesus they would tell us the stories of how Jesus had provided for them at their times of need and I would see the truth lived out in their lives so when it came to that that youth event that I attended that do I want to make that personal commitment to Jesus the seed had already been sown And it had already been watered. So, for me to say yes to Jesus was an easier option because it had already been watered. And so, that's how my journey began 30 odd years ago of calling Jesus my friend. So, you see, lies can cost lives, but truth will save lives. See, we're called to speak the truth in all situations. But I must add here, the truth must be spoken in love. And Jesus demonstrated this beautifully when he spoke to the woman in Samaria. So in John chapter 4, we see how Jesus started a conversation with this lady at the well by asking her for a drink of water. So Jesus broke all those social norms of speaking to a Samaritan, of speaking to a woman, that would prevent this Jewish man from even talking, about the, talking to a Samaritan woman. He then went on to point out details of her lifestyle that were not pleasing to God and also went on to offer her a hope and true satisfaction through a relationship with him through faith. See, the Bible then goes on to say that the woman went back to her village after, after having had this encounter and went and told all the people in her village see it had an impact on not only on her but the village that she she lived in see that same truth that was experienced by the woman at the well is available for all of us today and it's still transforming lives so let me encourage you this morning to come to know Jesus as your friend a relationship with Jesus is life-changing if you don't know Jesus and you would like to know Jesus, let me encourage you, just as Ruth did, to come up and speak to someone at the end. Come and speak, come with your friend. Come with somebody that you come with. Come to someone at the front. We'd love to pray with you. My final point. Truth needs to be held on to tightly. So as I said earlier, truth is really undervalued in our world today. Whether it's our political leaders, whether it's people in authority... Truth is just not given that value that perhaps it had a long time ago. And men and women of integrity are becoming such a scarce breed. A survey was carried out a few years ago where they interviewed, well, they, 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 they asked 2,000 adults um, and I think some of, the, some of the results were quite startling. 80% of those asked said that they lied, they admitted to telling lies regularly. Doing so an average of 34 times a day. When I heard that, I was kind of thinking back, how many times have I lied this week? Have I hit 34 or am I below 34? See, 42% of people believe that their lies are so convincing that they believe they've got away with it. So lies are becoming normal, lies are becoming kind of part of our our nature. And 46% admitted that they're most likely to lie to their partner. But some of the most popular lies, and Seth touched on one earlier. I forgot. I forgot that we were supposed to meet. I forgot to respond to you, to that reply to you. I know you needed it urgently, but I just forgot. I'm looking forward to seeing you. No, I'm not. I love what you're wearing. You look great in that. See, the world undervalues truth. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 23 says, We should buy truth and do not sell it, buy wisdom, instruction, and understanding. I love what the message translation says. It says, "Buy truth. Don't sell it for love or money. Buy wisdom. Buy education. Buy insight." So, for those of you that are in the stock market and dealing in that, it's all about buy, buy, buy. Yet, yeah, so, so we've got to buy truth. Now, buying suggests that there's a cost. How much are we prepared to pay? today to speak the truth see truth may cost us our friendships so I know for some of you this is real you know you've lost friends and family because of your faith and you've had, and, and and they've made decisions to exclude you it may mean that you're not in with the popular crowd It may mean that you're gonna have to make some decisions around the friends that you do associate with today. The truth costs. The truth may cost you money. Somebody may have undercharged you at the restaurant. Do you stay stay quiet and take advantage of that? Things are tough at the moment, aren't they? That makes it acceptable. Truth may cost you your career. Going with the flow could fast track your promotion and get you that pay rise, but at what cost? So let's hold on to the truth, let's buy truth and live out a life that is truthful. So just before I wrap up this morning, a few points that we can take away. And Seth talked about how lies are dangerous and can corrupt our relationship with God. And how God despises, how God hates lies. We also heard that by knowing the truth, we can come into a fullness of relationship with Jesus. We also heard that God is a loving Father who forgives. So if speaking truth is a real area in your life that you're struggling with, let me encourage you to come to God and ask the Holy Spirit to give you the grace to overcome this weakness. And let's be a people of truth a people of integrity that hold on to this truth tightly and appreciate its value that it brings as it brings lives as it brings life into the lives that we interact with so just before I hand over back to Ensign should we just pray yes. yeah Heavenly Father I just thank you Lord for your word Lord I thank you for your word, Lord, that yeah, it just speaks to us, Lord, and speaks to us so personally, Lord. I thank you that you are the truth. And that you desire nothing more than to be in relationship with us. Help us, Lord, in this area of speaking truth, so that we might be witnesses for you in our words and our actions. And we might be people of integrity in a world where integrity seems to be less important. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.
0: a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit WoodsideChurch.com.